0: Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alamine, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 a.m. And we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you are new to Radio Islam, you can keep up with us. Stay connected by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. So you will find us wherever you get yours at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Tune in, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right. Uh, before we get going, my co host, the impressive one, Assistant Producer Ibrahim Beg, is with me. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. I want to take a minute to start out uh, today looking at some of the stories that are making the rounds. Um, And I guess we can first start by recognizing because we've been talking a lot about uh, being engaged and informed and just trying to make sure that folks are are taking this upcoming election seriously, right? So we're a little bit, what we're just about or a little under two weeks out from the vote, uh, from the election and Today we had the what's being referred to as the MAGA bombing or the MAGA bomber, uh, a series of, uh, of of devices that were sent to. Let me see, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, uh, former oh, president. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, former president uh, Barack Obama, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Uh, John brennan from uh cNN and I might be leaving somebody else out
1: yeah oh the c n n off the one that the c n n office was addressed to yeah John brennan, right and george soros George Soros the billionaire right uh left wing figure
0: mm-hmm. so what they all have in common is that they have all been uh not just vocal critics of our current president but they've also received um You know his attention right he's he's
1: lashed out at all of these individuals so and also some of the uh packages that were sent the return address on there was for uh congresswoman no no not not congress the the
0: former dnc uh debbie wasserman schultz uh right uh head of the uh or former head of the dnc right yeah so they're being investigated Uh, as well but the big point here is because it's so close to the election that's that's one of the things that's um that's making this really uh newsworthy i mean it's newsworthy anyway but it takes on a greater uh, a greater importance now because we're so close to the uh, the election now what my question is how is because the president is is expected to speak at, at a rally tonight uh before we even address what he his response to these uh potential bombings that were all all of these were intercepted you know which is a a wonderful thing um but what is his response going to be tonight what is he going to tell people the people that come out to hear him talk to rile them up how is he going to spin this or do you, or do you expect a spin? Because I, I'm expecting, I'm definitely expecting uh, some
1: spin. I don't expect a spin, but I do expect him to fumble over his own words and say something that's completely uh, crazy while in the process of like trying to condemn it. Just kind of usually <laughs> his style. <laughs> it seems like he did come out. The White House came out and strongly condemned that President Trump himself came out. Uh, I think couple hours ago and and condemned it said it's a despicable act or whatever. Yeah. Which is really, I mean, I don't give anyone that much credit for that because it's just basic human decency, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not like they're really taking initiative to condemn. But, but, yeah, okay, so they condemned it so far. So far, so good. Mm -hmm. But, um, I'm waiting. (laughs) I I mean, drawing on our experiences in the past couple years, I'm waiting for the president to say something to, like, ruin that condemnation yeah yeah accidentally I would go back before before I say how I think he's gonna spend this
0: I go back to um, uh, an observation that many people have made and that is his rhetoric has created an environment that we have not seen uh, in a very long time with regard to uh, to dissidents um, with regard to whether they're um, uh, political figures or uh, more, more importantly, as far as the media is concerned. Uh, so his, his hateful speech, right, by branding the media in particular as the enemy of the people, uh, and then also the way he is, he's, he's you know, derided, um, uh, just to mention Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters, you know, he talks about her being a person with a very low IQ, um, the whole lock her up chance yeah. with
1: uh, Hillary Clinton. And referring to women as animals in, on several occasions yeah. to try to insult women, yeah. So it's like he's created a really
0: toxic environment. It shouldn't yeah. seem like a surprise, like the natural progression would be to go from, from, from words to
1: actions. Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern with this whole set of events that happened today and yesterday is to really take a moment to pause it and and see like this is not supposed to be the country that I live in you know this is not the country that I grew up in I was born in the 80s -hmm. I didn't see all the turbulence of the 60s or whatever but this is not the country that I grew up in where people are so divided and so polarized that they're actually threatening to kill each other you know yeah in a very uh, horrific way I'm trying to wonder what went wrong you say Trump created a lot of this and I think there's some truth to that but I, I, I see it more as he catalyzed it and kind of weaponized it uh, in a way these undercurrents that were already there um, this uh, is not I agree with that this is not the country I grew up in and it's changed and I don't think that change was just because there's more immigrants or something like that you know mm-hmm. um, there's a very toxic uh, I don't know how to explain it. There's a toxic undercurrent here mm-hmm. that's felt by the masses, and I don't know how it got this far.
0: Well, I agree with you in that it could have been anybody um, standing he in Trump's place. He capitalized on right? it, for sure. He
1: masterfully capitalized on yeah. those toxic uh, sentiments.
0: Yeah, but even in saying that, I don't want to give the impression, I don't believe that he uh just capitalize on it. I believe he I believe he feels um it, what he's saying is how he feels
2: hmm.
0: you know I believe that he's he's being sincere in that he just didn't know that he had that this was the right time for him to actually come out with those sentiments that they were going to be uh embraced and in, in the way that they have been so
1: well last yeah. what was it last week And I think it was, like, the second time where he praised someone who assaulted a, what was that? Assaulted a reporter or something like that? Yeah. So he said that it was, he praised it in some way. I don't know exactly the details on that. He
0: said, anybody that can body slam a guy, Mm -hmm. that's my kind of guy. Yeah. Right. So he body slammed him. He punched him. um, And he pleaded guilty. Right? But...
1: And then there's of course the how do how do you, how do you yeah. sit with that? Last year there was of course the Charlottesville um insanity in mm-hmm. which he failed to Now I do think people go a little bit too far in saying that like oh look he's saying that the Nazis are like very fine people. Right. I think more he was try, I would categorize it more as a lack of a condemnation rather than like he's actually praising them. It's still pretty horrible nonetheless. Um so yeah, there's that which is very, I mean, it was mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he I ha- think
0: he endorsed. I think his lack of a kind cond- of condemnation was an endorsement, and That's, it was, uh, and it was. I think he was very well aware of that. It's a valid argument, I think. You know, because, um, but there was something that you mentioned. You said that this is not the America that you grew up in. Right. And, you know, just trying to figure out where all of this, this hatred and suspicion. That has mm-hmm. boiled to the surface. Like, how has, how did this come about, or how did it uh, become so much more in the in the public space where people feel, <laughs> they feel okay yeah. to actually come out and say this is how I feel. Um, I want to reference. Was it a couple of days ago, Megan Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, former Fox News host, has got her own show, and she was, she was, defending the position of uh of white people dressing up in blackface for Halloween after which you know she got some really some real hard pushback uh I think Al wrote was it Al, Al Roker and uh Roland Martin but I mean a bunch of folks folks you know come out the uh, woodwork to to to, to 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 chime in or something like that but the point was she apologized about it today and i'm not bringing this up to to go in you know any further on it right because i believe if you make a mistake you apologize and you move forward so i'll take it at that but what she said is something that needs to be uh looked at because it 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 relates directly to what you were talking about how did this actually come up one of the things she said she says well when i was a kid uh, that was okay so long as you were dressing up as a character right now she's born in 1970 right she's her she and i around the same age so she says uh she told an all-white panel during the show uh she says i can't keep up with the number of people we're offending just by being normal people now i think therein lies the problem uh is that a whole segment of this diverse population that we have have been looked at as background dancers Mm -hmm. they have been looked at as um, people with faces but you don't you're not really concerned about their backstory uh, they're just there they're just seat fillers
1: did she say they're acting normal so, so like you said people are just acting right. normal right and that's yeah. that was
0: before the apology that's what yeah. she said on oh, okay. the show okay. right so but she's apologized since but I think that sentiment right there this idea of what's normal and uh, and attaching that to political correctness people are really upset with this idea of political career. Let's get rid of PC talk. Let's let's just be real. And what they're really saying is we don't want to have to think about all these people that we used to just look at as being background folks. They're not major uh they're not major players. They're not A listers. Uh they're not essential. So we don't have to worry about what their backstory is. We don't have to worry about who they are, what their their concerns. We don't have to know
1: their names. And they're also saying we don't have we don't want to have to worry about the repercussions of anything that we say in public.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, and and you couple that that type of frustration that people have when um, who hold negative opinions of minority groups, whether they be religious, ethnicity, uh, it doesn't matter. But they have negative views of people that. A lot of times they have not even come in contact with. They don't know, Uh, and then when they're in positions where they are meeting folks, and they're just going about business as usual, and they get caught, they get called out on it, and it's like, what did I do? What did I? Well, there's a there's there's a pushback on what people thought was normal, was actually dysfunctional. And, and didn't realize it; they didn't know it. Right. Um, so, but you have people now who they want to go back to what was comfortable, because you know change is difficult. Uh, and to go back to what I mentioned earlier about the spin that I think he's going to put on this, uh, President Trump. I think he's going to um, he's going to say that this is actually a democratic plot. This mm-hmm. is a, a democratic conspiracy to derail the. Uh, the energy that they have been building in these rallies. And the dangerous part about this whole thing is that even though there's nothing to substantiate that claim, uh, and it may sound ridiculous to a whole lot of folks, the dangerous part of it is that his base is not concerned about facts. They're more concerned about this idea of being able to return to. Uh, a, a, a normalcy where they didn't have to worry about how they, how they talked, they didn't have to worry about um, sharing the stage or
1: anything like that. They have blind allegiance to the president. Yeah. To the point where facts don't really matter because there's a way that you can even if a fact is against you, there's a way you can kind of uh, take a detour around it and flip it to your own psychological advantage. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and that seems to really be the, um, the the big point now. is just maintaining the psychological uh, advantage.
1: Yeah, and I also say to your point earlier that mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that the president, um, unfortunately, has been a pioneer in since his presidency mm-hmm. is breaking down the uh, the role of facts, right? Yeah. The Kellyanne Connolly, very early on, one of the first things she said on TV after the Inauguration, I think, was you know, well, he was using alternative facts. A statement that really should have had her laughed out of Washington. That's really going to go down in history, I think, as a turning point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because everything he said after that, all the rallies that he uh, one of the rallies a few months ago, I think, you know, he said something to the effect of you know, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, oh, it's not really what's happening, and so on. So yeah, uh, he's definitely. That's one of the the. Very, very damaging roles that he's played mm-hmm. since he's become president.
0: Yeah, like you should never, you you would never think that a person that would say something like that uh, on live television, uh, in public, right, mm-hmm. uh, would ever be <laughs> in any type of a position where they would where they would be looked at seriously. Of course,
1: again. he made the new the the term fake news uh, very popular. Yeah, yeah, but but with this, but with what
0: I anticipate. To be the spin he's going to put on this uh this this whole bombing uh thing Mm -hmm. do you think that this is going to serve to energize his base do you think it's going to take uh it's going to take our uh perspective off of this climate that he has helped to foster i mean he certainly didn't create it but like you said he's capitalized off of it Mm -hmm. so do you think that that's going to be enough of a uh diversion well it'll what it will serve to energize his base
1: i don't know i don't know if the spin that you're describing Mm -hmm. if i actually see that happening or if it's something more complicated and that he'll wait a little while Mm -hmm. and um i see it as maybe something a little bit more nuanced and more complicated if it occurs but to your other point unfortunately i don't even know that it matters because people are just so um so polarized and just so disturbed Mm-hmm. And, and agitated and then everyone's on edge you know you said
0: you saying it doesn't matter it doesn't what matter. explanation or response he gives to it because it doesn't really change uh where we're at anyway
1: right basically the people's minds especially the his supporters mm-hmm. they've they're just so um intense in their loyalty to him no matter what that it couldn't he could go up there and be like and say pretty much anything mm-hmm. he did say he <laughs> sorry i keep going back to the older stuff but (laughs) then he said before he got elected a long time ago he said he could shoot someone in the middle of fifth avenue or get away with it or something like that that's now of course absurd but it's starting to almost come true in a way with his support if he really did that of course he'd be arrested or whatever but his supporters would not waver
0: Mm -hmm. he would the the guy for standing in the way of his bullet Mm -hmm. um yeah
1: yeah i don't know um, so i don't know i don't want to i'm gonna try to resist speculating in too much detail on like what he's going to do or who is behind this uh terrorist incident mm-hmm. but um like i said the major takeaway for me is how did we get to this point point? and i'm still grappling with that i'm still kind of in shock you know as an american like how did it get this far
0: well i, I I, I'm not really in shock, uh, and I'm not in shock because of the uh, some of the pushback that we saw during uh, President Obama's uh, Obama's administration, uh, and basically what what amounts to heckling, right? I mean, it's just a, a constant uh, haranguing about his citizenship. Um,
1: yeah, you know I that agree. whole movement, so, right? Really good point. I, I would say. Um, in that era, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when Obama came on the scene in the national scene, yeah, I would say that's when I started to notice this type of polarization um, and just meanness and, and, and agitation really skyrocket. Yeah, well, I think well that
0: changed. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah, change is uncomfortable, and when people, uh, when people have their fears being played on, and that's really what we're looking at right now. We're looking at people. Uh, For the most part, uh, some of them I feel like they're victims. To be honest, I feel like they're victims of somebody playing off of their worst fears that they don't have a place, uh, that there's a shrinking opportunity, and 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 couple that with just a sense of unchecked entitlement. uh, Entitlement. Uh, Then that's kind of it's just a perfect storm for, for for the xenophobia, for the for the racism, for the for, for turning what should be looked at as a human rights crisis with these 7,000 or so, um, uh, uh folks that are walking, walking, right. Walking here to try to uh, seek asylum into an invasion, right? That there, there's a lot that goes into that.
1: It's really important. You mentioned that, I think, because that's part of the backdrop behind this terrorist incident that happened today. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I don't want to go into too much detail s- Speculate who sent the packages or whatever yeah. But if it was someone from the far right, let's say Then the backdrop for this whole situation in their mind Is, first of all, elections Democrats trying to take back the House and Senate And, you know, of course ruin the country in their mind mm-hmm. And open the throw the borders wide open to anyone And then there's also this so-called migrant caravan that's heading up. They got through Mexico. Now they're in Mexico on the way to the United States. And, and you can kind of start to um, figure out what might be going through a person's mind mm. in that segment of the population that, that they really... And then coupled with um, the president's remarks, incendiary remarks, yeah. which he gives pretty much constantly here and there. Saying um, that uh, if you look in the middle,
0: of this, of this caravan, you're going to find MS-13, and you're going to find people of Middle Middle Eastern descent.
1: Said, Unknown Middle Easterners. Yeah, what what kind of... As if that's a threat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so, so you can kind of start to see inside the mind of some of what these people, what might be going through their mind, right? Mm-hmm. That they really feel like, because of all these factors that they're trying to... That they, they have, they're under siege. That our country is somehow under siege by migrant caravan and Democrats and mm-hmm. Middle Easterners, and then Trump is up there saying that you know I'm the only one who can basically save you from all this stuff, and um, and then people want to talk about the election that's coming up too. Yeah, which is definitely a factor. But the the sad thing is, we, we can vote for whoever we want, but that's not going to make this problem go away. You know. I mean, it'll take a long time for this type of destructive sentiment, these undercurrents to go away.
0: I'll say to, uh, to that, that, um, what's important for me, what's important is to see a vote take place. And for us to have people that are going to govern and do it with the intent on making a place for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the big difference. Uh, there's a segment that believes that they have to have uh, their, their candidate in that's gonna take care of them uh, and, and not worry about anybody else. And they think that's the only way things that, that can work. So I think the way it changes is to have somebody, have somebody lead that actually, and, and be successful and, and show that there's enough room and opportunity for everybody. So I think over time, people see that the change is really not as bad or, or, or bad at all. It's not what they thought, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, inshallah. All right, uh, Radio Islam family, we're going to take a short break, and we will be back in a minute. This is Radio Islam. We're on WCEV, 1450
3: AM. Very soon. There's a lot at stake this November.
2: 36 governorships.
3: 35 Senate seats. And all 435 House seats are up for election. If only 50% of voters show up, it would be the highest midterm turnout in a century.
1: Learn more and get involved at Iamavoter.com. And don't forget to vote Tuesday, November 6th.
3: Brought to you by I Am A Voter and the Ad Council.
0: All right, Radio Islam family, this is your host, Tariq al and it is time for the Radio Islam Job Support. We check in with our friends over at the Chicago Urban League, speaking directly with employment specialist extraordinaire, Kimberly S. Pearson. And she gives us the rundown for all you job seekers out there uh, as to what's available, hiring events, uh, trainings, just all the great resources that, sh- that the Chicago Urban League brings you. How are you doing, Kim?
3: I am well. I am so well. How are you today?
0: I'm great. I am great. Yes, I am. So, uh, let, let's let's help some folks. I know you have some some great information for folks that are looking for uh, looking for employment.
3: Yes, and I have a a lot of um, upcoming activity, and that's today. I want to talk a lot about some upcoming hiring events where uh, this is putting people directly in the. Part of the employer, and not just submitting an application. So I'm gonna get right to it because this is it's, uh, pretty information, tense so I just wanna make sure everybody hears it all. So first up, um, we work directly with a company that does delivery for Amazon. Um, so if you see those little white trucks out and about in the city, we work with the company that hire those drivers. And so next Wednesday, so a week from today, on October 30th at 10 o'clock reps from that company will be here they're looking to do some hiring I think this time they're looking for about 20 or 30 drivers so they're looking for some massive hiring Um, when you come to that event you'll do your application you'll have your interview and contingent offer Um, Of course, because it's driving, we will have to make sure you have a clean record or driving record, and that would be done on the back end, but on the day of, you will know if you're being considered uh, for this position, so soft offers are made on the spot. And the minimum requirements are, of course, you must have a valid driver's license. Um, You have to be 21 years of age or older, and then the clean driving record, and, of course, a good personality. So if you're interested in coming out to that event, you can call me directly. I'm going to give my information at the end of the call. So, again, that's Wednesday, October 31st at 10 a.m. here at the Chicago Urban League. Um, Next up, for individuals that have a background or interest in banking and or finance, um, if you have a background in it, just an interest, uh, education in it, on Wednesday, November 7th, so that's directly the next week after the 31st, we're hosting an invitation-only professional development slash pre screen for individuals that are interested in working for BMO Harris Bank, we have a wonderful relationship we're working on with them, and this is uh, our first event with them. It's called Blasting Off with BMO. And in order to participate, you have to be pre screened by me, um, either myself or one of my colleagues, and we have to have your resume because we want to make sure that you can. Fit, uh, that you are a right fit for the event. So if you're interested, when I give my contact information, you definitely want to write that down. Um, we can talk a little bit more about it, and I'll schedule the pre-screening. When you come to me, we'll do it either over the phone or you can come here in person. For individuals that's interested in healthcare, uh, the Chicago Healthcare Sector Center, they're hosting their second annual fall. Job there. It's Monday, November 5th at Malcolm X College. More than 50 employers will be present and looking for candidates to fill hundreds of healthcare employment vacancies. Employment opportunities uh, will be presented and range from entry level to senior level positions, as well as traditional and non-traditional positions. However, To participate in this job fair, you must be pre-screened. The pre-screening is to prepare candidates for the positions at the job fair and to make sure the employers are seeing qualified individuals. So there are two dates that you can go out for the pre-screening. And the first date is October 25th, so that's tomorrow, from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. at the Woodlawn um, IDES or Illinois Department of Employment Security Office. So basically the unemployment office over on 71st Street. It's a little bit before you get to Stony Island going east. Um, that is tomorrow for a pre screening, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. The second opportunity to be pre-screened will be at the Burbank IDES office on October 31st from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Those are the locations. And, of course, for pre-screening, you definitely have to take your resume and you just let them know you're there to be pre-screened for the Healthcare Sector Center uh, job fair that's going to be held on Monday, November 5th at Malcolm X College, Um, something that a lot of job fairs are starting to kind of require our leaders of a job tier is having those pre screenings because a complaint that employers have and it's a it's invalid but at the same time I can see why it's an issue. We want to make sure that qualified candidates are going to the job there and also that they are prepared to introduce themselves, to talk about their experience, their professional experience of course, and what they can bring to the table and add to an organization. These are things that we want to make sure candidates are, are providing and are giving uh, when they go meet with an employer. So pre screenings is something I'm starting to see more of and I want the public to be ready and prepared to do that so it's almost like if you want to make sure you get a job you have to take some other steps leading up to it because of course the job is just that last step on a journey and there are many steps that need to be taken. Um, so now I have a position that we are also helping to recruit for here. The Industrial Council of Near West Chicago, or ICNC is what it is also called, they're looking for an office administrator for their um, one of their incubators called the Hatchery. And so what the Hatchery is, is it owns and operates small, it's, a, it's an incubator, and it houses 100 small businesses. Within their one facility. And uh, the incubator is called the Hatchery. It's located um, in East Garfield Park at 135 North Kedzie. And the position, the person that gets this position, would work exclusively at the Hatchery, but it would be under the umbrella for the ICNC. Um, if you're interested, in this position, the primary responsibilities will be to oversee office and property management support. So you must be able to plan, coordinate, and lead people and processes across the board uh, because you would kind of be like the go-to for everything from the top to the bottom of making sure those businesses are running smooth from an operational stand. If you're interested, you can send your letter of interest, that's a cover letter, current resume, and three professional references uh, to the Office Administrator Search Committee. And that email address is jobs at com. If you want to get more information about the Industrial Council, it's actually a really unique and cool uh, entity that's here in the sh- uh, Chicago area. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of what they do exactly. So if you want more information about them, you can go to IndustrialCouncil.com. It's a website. It's full of information. Um, and it's got that entire job description listed. It's pretty long, but I'm just giving some overview points of what's necessary. And when you shoot your resume and uh, cover letter and professional references to jobs, At industrialcouncil.com make sure in the subject line you include the recruiting code and it's OAFT so make sure you include that and you want to do it in all caps and don't forget just as a reminder uh, for individuals that's looking for employment a lot of places here in Chicago Starting November 1st, they are raising minimum wage to $15 an hour. Something to keep in mind is a lot of the companies it's a Chicago rate only. So a place like Whole Foods, where they are raising their that minimum wage rate to $15 an hour, Um, in Chicago, that same business may still be paying a lower wage in the in the suburbs of of the city. So you want to make sure if you're applying for a position with some of those companies that you take a look at where the location is and keep that in mind. And some of the companies that we know for sure that's raising their minimum uh, wage rate on November 1st includes Whole Foods, UPS, and Amazon. We know for sure those rates are going up in the city of Chicago. So you can visit their websites and get more information. Of course, we are here to serve you and help you. On your uh, employment and career search. And for more information on the Amazon driving events and opportunity, uh, for the BMO Harris Bank opportunity, my phone number is 773 624 8828. That's my direct line. If I don't answer, just leave me a voicemail. I will definitely get back to you within twenty four hours of you leaving the message uh, please also send me your email address if you can or you know leave your email address in the voicemail uh, if you state it clearly I can send the more information to you via email in case it's after hours and I can still uh, reach you and send things to you that you would need. Again, my number is 773-624-8828. If you have any other questions about any other opportunities that I talked about or anything I've talked about in the past, our direct number to the Workforce Development Center is 773-624-8800.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. The jobs report for this week, um, definitely packed. And I'm sure your phone is going to be ringing very soon.
3: (laughs) I know. I know. I'll be ready. Yes. I will be ready.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Kim. We look forward to touching base with you again next week.
3: Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care.
0: You too. All right. Remember, you may not be looking, but you probably know someone who is. So share, share, share. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in a minute. This is Radio Islam on WCEV, 1450 AM.
3: There's a lot at stake this November.
2: 36 governorships.
3: 35 Senate seats. And all 435 House seats are up for election. If only 50% of voters show up, it would be the highest midterm turnout in a century.
2: Learn more and
1: get involved at iamavoter.com. And don't forget to vote Tuesday, November 6th.
3: Brought to you by I Am A Voter and the Ad Council.
2: All right, crew, let's get her dug.
3: Honey, you wanna give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember?
2: No matter how large or small, your digging project may be, no matter how urban, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. You're not wired to have a response to this sound, but when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we're helping to stop food waste. Save the food. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. And we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you are new to Radio Islam, keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA, and also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You'll find us wherever you get yours at. Look for us at Radio Islam USA. Radio Islam family, joining us on the line is Bashir Assad. He is representing the Progressive Leadership Legacy Association, and they have a really unique um an exciting event taking place this weekend in Milwaukee and uh, we're pleased to welcome him to Radio Slam to talk a bit about it. As-salamu alaykum.
4: Walaikum Waikum. Imam Tariq and uh, I'm happy that uh, you have invited us. we appreciate your invitation to come on to the program today.
0: Well when I hear about organizations or when I know of organizations because this is not an organization that I that I'm not unfamiliar with. you know I know uh, many of the the members. And uh, the, the mission, the thrust that you all are working toward, which is one, I think, that broader society can gain a lot from. And that is this uh, connection between uh, the, the elder generation of, that, of leaders and the leaders of the future. So with that being said, can you talk a bit about how this weekend um, it, it represents that idea?
4: Yes, and uh, the Progressive Leadership Legacy Association is an organization that has grown out of the movement of African-American Muslims uh, who started with uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and evolved uh, to his son, Imam Wardi Muhammad, who brought this community from a nationalistic black nation, nationalist program to universal al Islam. And that's been over a period of 70 years. Uh, Imam Wardi Muhammad passed, uh, and this would be the 10th anniversary of his passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this group was formed by men who have over 50 years in this movement. Uh, the Progressive Leadership uh, Legacy Association came out, of, out of, of these two great leaders, two great African-American leaders, and we've had many great African-American leaders, and, and these are, are two of them. But uh, the, even the name of the organization, uh, the Honorable Aj Muhammad had set up an organization called Progressive Land Development. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of the in- initiatives in-, in naming this per- per- particular organization after that particular aspect. And Imam Wadi Muhammad, when he came into office, stressed the need of moral, intelligent, rational leadership. Among African American people, so it's been, let's say, 40 years now. Uh, Imam Wardi Muhammad passed in '08. We are now in 2018, but it's been 40 years, and I remember Imam Wardi Muhammad and all leaders, uh, you know, struggle to bring uh, their people to where they want to go. Uh, I remember Imam Wardi uh, uh, Muhammad saying one time, he, he gave an analogy of Moses when he was bringing his people out of, of bondage in Egypt. And in that report, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And those old heads that were with Moses at the time, it was the young ones, that then came into the promised land. So our focus now, and many, many organizations today, we, we we see in the current mayoral race here in Chicago how many young people are, are running for mayor today. Well, let and me ask
0: you this. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, Brother Bashir. Um, with regard to the, the leadership uh, within the Muslim community um, uh, speaking uh, directly, to the um, African-American Muslim um, uh, youth leadership, um, recognizing that it's going to take the collective efforts of uh, the diverse leadership that we have from our young people, whether they be um, African-American or Palestinian or Syrian or you know uh, Sudanese or whatever, but it's going to take their collective efforts to move the needle forward. So can we talk a bit about the the leaders that are going to be participating in this weekend? And, and maybe, maybe give us an idea as to uh, uh, why these particular uh, leaders were chosen.
4: Well, we've uh, chosen a diverse group of, of young people
2: mm-hmm.
4: who are currently exhibiting leadership in these communities today. Uh, they they range in in, in leadership uh, from one of the most important things as Muslims is the study of Quran and Arabic language, uh, culture, business, education, and these young people are currently working in the society today in all of those endeavors. So we're very Proud to have them to be a part of this this program, and to give us their insights on what they see and what they uh, think is needed for the advancement of the future. Not only the Muslim community, right, but uh, humanity at large.
0: And I think that's a really important uh, important point to bring up, considering that I believe um, last uh, estimates or or uh, census. Had the recorded number of Muslims at about one percent of the U.S. population. So, uh, if that's the case, it is in it's in our interest uh, to see ourselves working on behalf of not just ourselves, but but humanity, you know, as a whole. I mean, as, as it should be. So, uh, I think that's a very important point to bring up.
4: Yeah, and, and and when we look at the legacy of these these two men, mm-hmm. uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Imam Wartim Muhammad, uh, if we focus on Elijah Muhammad, it was to restore the African-American man to his, his humanity. And he did a masterful job in doing that. Uh, many people in society... Will point to his social reform movement Uh, a lot of them uh, will point to uh, him bringing people who who had been incarcerated come -hmm. out of jail had had lives of criminality and then became upstanding citizens and then with the advent of the leadership of Imam Wardi Muhammad he gave us the universal view which is given to us in the Quran and the life example of Prophet Muhammad to be a service to the whole of humanity, and this is the legacy that the Progressive Leadership Legacy Association wants to keep alive and keep moving. And I think we'll see that movement when we come. And I hope everyone would be able to attend this event, uh, which will be coming up this this weekend friday october twenty sixth twenty seventh and 28th. our main event will be the twenty eighth and you'll have an opportunity then to hear these young people express themselves and see the direction uh, that uh, we'll see going into the future
2: hmm.
0: so one of the things that comes to mind when i uh, when we talk about uh, social reform uh, and of course you know um, the place that uh the honorable Elijah Muhammad has in the united in, in in history here and it's not a history that many folks know about but I'll tell you all this radio Song family if you have not read the book uh the man behind the men by uh Michael Sahir it is a it is definitely a great addition to your library uh and it it speaks directly to the point uh when we think about the african american muslim uh, presence in the united states uh, we think most often of four individuals; uh, those four being uh, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Minister Louis Farrakhan, and Imam Warthadi Muhammad. Now, these four were all, you could say, the fruit of uh, the leadership of the honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, and the work that 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 he did. So it's it's a great book. It'll give you some some context uh, and some understanding if you've been looking at things um, uh, a bit distant. But uh, brother Bashir, let me ask you this question: uh, Do you feel that there is enough connectivity uh, with regard to the present-day uh, leadership? Those younger leaders who are you know they may they may have been working uh, for a while, but Maybe they're still building uh, they're still building their uh, I hate to use the word brand but people people are becoming more accustomed to them right they're, they're getting their name out there more. Uh, do you think there's enough connectivity between them and uh, the leaders of of your generation
4: well um, it, there's, 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 there's a uh, term that's going around a uh, generation gap. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's a generation gap. We've had these situations in humanity all through time. But I would term it an evolution. And an evolution would say a thing is coming from one state to another state. We want to bring it in, in al Islam, we want to bring it from a state that may have been lesser to. A greater state a more valuable state so with the evolution of time evolution of knowledge I believe these young people are evolving uh, they, they may be uh, evolving with a higher knowledge and we hopefully a greater understanding because that's what that is that is what we want that mm. is where we want to go is we want to evolve into a higher understanding And uh, those generations uh, that are behind these people or these young people that are coming up, uh, we want to recognize that. We want to encourage that. And we want to support that. Uh, We don't want a division. Uh, That's not what we want. And that comes through understanding. And and sometimes uh, change and evolution... Is, is not always uh, an a easy process. Uh, a lot tells in the Quran after difficulty comes easy and sometimes those evolutions uh there's there's difficulty. Uh, sometimes uh uh we may not see or understand understand these evolving youth. But uh uh that's that that's a part of life, part of humanity. But, uh, yeah, we do see in these young people that's that's the reason that uh, this program uh, is titled the next generation now, because they are the next generation and they are doing it now.
0: Right. Absolutely. So how can uh, folks uh, in the area, uh, like I said, the event is in Milwaukee. Um, How can people. A 10. How can they get tickets? Uh, is there a number uh, that you have that they can uh, call to get more information?
4: Yes. Now the event again will will be uh, the weekend. It's coming up weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Friday will begin with the Juma prayer, uh, and this is going to be in Milwaukee. Uh, the event will be held at the at the uh, Imam Wardi Muhammad Islamic Center. That's at 4200 north Holton street milwaukee wisconsin Uh, if people need to get more information uh, they can contact imam salim al there in milwaukee uh, at the phone number area code 414-520-9076 or you can contact sister zakiya sadiq who is our secretary treasurer at 773-946-7264. Now, our Saturday event, which will be the main focus, will be Saturday, and it will begin at 10 a.m. with a panel discussion with these young leaders. It will be an interactive uh, discussion, and there will be many topics of interest that will be raised Then there'll be an afternoon session where uh, these honorees and presenters will be presenting in a more extensive form uh, what they see in the coming future. Mm -hmm. And in the later afternoon, about 4 p.m., we will have a Banquet's Award Dinner, and there will be a major presentation by uh, Anissa Dewan, who is an Islamic scholar, and a very uh, sought-after lecturer in in Islam and also in the Arabic uh, language.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we pray all goes well, and uh, inshallah we can touch base to uh, to get a recap and find out how things went.
4: Yes, and and again we appreciate the opportunity that Radio Islam has given to us to come onto the program and and allowing us to present this uh, to your radio audience. And we're hoping for everybody out in the radio audience to attend this event. I'm I'm quite sure that uh, you'll be enlightened, entertained, and we want to encourage these young people. So we need your support. Please come out. Uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, it's about an hour's drive there to Milwaukee. If you're in anywhere in the Midwest area or closer, please attend.
0: Thank All right. You. Thank you so much. All right, Radio sound family, we thank you for tuning in. We have come to the conclusion of our program. Uh, we thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid, and we remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of the Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.
2: The biggest is 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 the